We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Good morning. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in picturesque South St. Louis. And this is, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Do you have more to say about picturesque? No, that's South about it. Well, I, I, well, the other thing, I was going to plug something. Yeah. Oh, good. Our, our live so. nativity coming up. Oh, that's right. So I think since it is the season of Advent now, I guess it's safe to start talking about our live nativity. Yeah, it is. that's right. Tomorrow will be the first Sunday in that's Advent. That's right. Yeah. So uh, when is the live nativity this it year? It is December the 15th. Okay. So, yeah. From when to when? From uh, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. So it's in the evening on a Saturday. Are we bringing back the camel? We are bringing back the camel. It will not be Frank the camel from (laughs) the first year. It will be a different one, but hopefully just as energetic. He was a troublemaker, wasn't he? Frank was a character. We had to keep an eye on old Frank. He (laughs) ate part of the one wise man's uh, costume. So, (laughs) the big wooden beat. Hopefully. Hopefully it all turned out okay for Frank. <laughs> that poor guy. That would be the guy that had to clean up after Frank. Uh, well, that'll be cool. Yeah, live I, animals. Are you going to participate All again? sorts of good stuff. I'm usually a shepherd. I usually okay. have a shift for an hour as a shepherd. So we have four How shifts of people. You're and a we pastor, have, pastor, yeah, and shepherd. That's kind of yeah. cool. So, yeah. yeah, shepherds, wise men, angels. We've got choirs singing, and, uh, and they'll be dressed up as angels, too, the angelic host. And we'll have live animals, hot chocolate cookies. So stop on by. Well, and, and you know what's exciting for me is next year, not this year, I'm sorry, I'm still working on Saturday nights. we got church at 6 o'clock. If you're on the Illinois side of the river and you're looking for something to do on the 15th, but the year after that, I'm going to be over there to uh, oh, enjoy good. your life. In fact, if you've got a part for me, if you want me you to be a donkey be, you, or something. Uh, I don't know. We need a speaking part for you, the, the thespian uh, Jolly John. <laughs> we'll have to come up with something big. So, Well, um, you and Link have both come over. You could be Mary and Joseph. Oh, there we go. Yeah, that would be perfect. Or we could be a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> she could be the front, I could be the back. Because that's generally the position I am playing in the donkey. I am the jack. Anyway... <laughs> So I'm John Lukomsky, Jolly John uh, from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church uh, in Darmstadt, Illinois. And no, we do not have any live, although we have we have the cutout. We have the cutout, uh, but it's up all the time. Uh, of, of What's the, up all the time? Uh, the crash, the crash. We got Mary oh, okay. and Joseph, the sheep. They're made out of wood. And, and so the whole season, you're the saying? The whole season. Gotcha. Uh, okay. For all Christmas. Yeah. But it's not just one time that we do it. But do you, what, do you have a display? Do you have like a Christmas display up? Or is it just the live thing and that's Yeah, we, we have a nativity scene, too, that's up. Yeah, the crash that's, that's up the whole time. Okay. It's not real large, but it's it's tastefully done there but in front of the church. It's very nice. Yeah. But yeah. The, uh, the the live animals are a little pricey. So the live nativity, <laughs> that's one night only. <laughs> So, you know, it's interesting you bring up the live animals because this might actually be really to you. Well, we'd like to do things practical here on Wrestling with the Basics. So real quick, because I I, I thought people with with it being the holiday season, 
people out there are probably wondering, how do I get my chickens to my loved ones back home? Yes. Right? <laughs> you're you're away, you're you're visiting, you know, you're you're working and you and, and you want to send your chicken back home. Your live chicken. To, yeah, your live chicken to your friends or family well, or whatever. I'm sure that is a common problem <laughs> that our listeners struggle with. Well then I'm thinking maybe you could do this with your sheep and stuff. You know, I don't know how you get your sheep there, but maybe maybe you maybe some people have some sheep. They'd like to donate sheep so you don't have to pay for sheep. You could actually <laughs> keep the sheep. <laughs> So well, anyway, here's my point. We'll house them in New Athens <laughs> in the parsonage there at St. No. Paul's. Well, that'd be fine next year. I won't be there. <laughs> It'll be empty probably. That's a great idea. So did you know you could actually mail your chickens through the United States Post Office Department? I was not aware of that. <laughs> I was not aware of that either. And I thought people out there might be interested in knowing that. This makes sure you have air holes, right? <laughs> well, I walked into the post office because I needed to get stamps. We were sending out the Christmas newsletter for the church. Sure. And the gal behind says, I think we need to move that chicken into the other room. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm thinking, well, somebody bought fried chicken or something. You know, they're having something for lunch. And, tasty, and yeah. Tasty and just didn't want the aroma because it was disturbing them. No, it turns out it was a live chicken and it was not the good smell of a chicken that they were concerned about. Is that right? You so, never know what you're and runs into in, in New Athens. You never know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Next time you go to the post office near Ascension, ask them if they have any live chickens yeah. that they're shipping out. <laughs> All right. All right. Hit okay. that thing. Where is it? At? All right, now. There's no time for foolishness. So, anyway. So, what we're doing here is some odds and ends. I just got some odds and ends, things that crossed my path that I thought might be of interesting to people. Good. Um, and so, let's start with Joshua. Could we, Matt? Hey, this will be fun. Joshua let's six. do this. Yeah, just some odds and ends. All right, Joshua, chapter 6. Yeah, the fall of Jericho. And so, we have the description of the fall of Jericho in verse 21. Of course, we could have done the whole business about them marching around and playing the trumpets, but this is this is the end. This is what happens after the walls Cut fall into down. the chase. Yep. All right, here we go. So, verse twenty-one. Uh, then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys. Well, there's your donkeys. Look at that. <laughs> well, maybe I won't it, be a donkey then. <laughs> I don't Come know. Think of it. Don't be a Jericho donkey. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. For sure. Uh, with the edge of the sword. Oh, so okay. so my, my dear father-in-law, uh, Jerry, uh, and, and by the way, he's doing good for all of you who are wondering. You know, Jerry had a little bout with cancer this, this last uh, uh, summer. Internal bleeding put him in the intensive care for a week uh, while he was supposed to be here enjoying his birthday with us. He's doing better now. We, we thank God for that. They, they treated the tumor, and the tumor seems like it's kind of gone away and they'll keep monitoring him and make sure it doesn't come back but jerry's really bothered by this jerry's been doing bible study reading through the book of joshua and he says what kind of god is this that kills men women young and old so everybody children you know they're all getting wiped out here a crazy term to devoted devoted uh, uh in the city uh with the sword so how do you deal with that pastor <laughs> I knew you were going to ask yeah. me. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Well, yeah, it, it is a tough one. And it yeah. is it's one we need to wrestle with, I think. Well, that's uh, wrestling with the basics. That's right. How appropriate. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things we recognize is, uh, first of all, this is this is descriptive here. Okay. This is not prescriptive, <laughs> as we talked about. So this is not how we want to go about 
uh, conquering cities today and and even going about war today when we yeah. think about that and but it is it is descriptive though and for this time and for this place as the Israelites now come to the promised land the land God promised to them this is what he commands them to do now so this is a unique circumstance so it's not you know this isn't how you do it every time you, you attack a city but in this case it certainly is and there's no there's no way around it so I think another thing to keep in mind yeah. is um, who are these people in Jericho? Uh, and they're not followers of the Lord. Okay, no, no, they're no, no. people who are doing some pretty rotten things. You know, children's sacrifices and the worship of idols, and uh, you know, prostitution and things in the name of the worship of the of of a god. Uh, you know, things that aren't good. Uh, they're also people that really had an opportunity to hear a little bit about the Lord too. It seems. So if you if you rewind a little bit, uh, Rahab, remember she's yes, the, yes. the harlot, the pl- prostitute there in in Jericho, who houses some of the Israelite spies, and she knows who they are. You know, which I always found remarkable. Um, I mean, this is now what you know, a couple decades, you know, forty years after they leave Egypt, right? And she knows about the Lord. She knows about the parting of the Red Sea at least, and she really in fear of the Lord houses them. Um, so they they did know somewhat about the Lord, and yet these people, you know, they're certainly not believers in the one true God, but but people that are doing some pretty rotten things. And 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 I think that that's a really good point that I hadn't thought about, Matt. But but yeah, the the Bible clearly indicates these people knew who Yahweh was. They knew the people of Israel. They knew how they had overcome the Egyptians. They they knew the victory they had had over other people in, in the area. Uh, they certainly had plenty of chance of repentance. That's the whole business. God didn't just come and wipe out the city. They marched around, what was it, was it seven days? Oh, yeah, seven days, yeah. Uh, so I, I think they kind of saw what was coming. So at any point, any one of them could say, all right, yeah, we we surrender, we give up. We understand that your God is Yahweh, and he is Lord of Lord and, and you know, master of all creation. So that's, that's a good point. They were evil. They were wicked. They probably did incredibly cruel things that would disgust us, and they had a chance to repent. So yeah, that's all good. And I, I think you know, I think that's oh, so bad. the word, you know, yeah. So yeah, I think the worst of it is uh, not just that they were doing evil things because we all do evil things, right? Yeah. But they were unrepentant in their evil, yeah. and they they didn't turn to the Lord. Um, and I think the other thing is, as God has promised this land to His people to Israel, He's seeking to preserve them too, because these are people that will lead them into temptation and will lead them astray. And God's preserving his people, keeping them close to him here in this, again, specific circumstance. Uh, And these people are devoted to destruction as he cares for his people. And I think that that's a valid point, too, the fact that that it's, it's, he's got to preserve the faith of the people of Israel. And as you said, that'll be the whole story. No, they'll intermarry with these people. They'll start worshiping the same gods these people worship. Yeah, pretty much the problem that's been going all along. And and, and everything you say, I agree with. And I think that's the general justification we give uh, for why this has to be the total destruction of everyone young and old. Uh, but the thought that occurred to me is, why, why are we upset about this? It's what God's doing today, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Do you know anybody that's going to get out of this? Nope, he's killing everybody. He's killing everybody, young and old, uh, male and female. Doesn't matter to him. Nope, nope. And that's what just dawned. That's the little thought I wanted to share with you. Why should this bother us? Because it's the exact same thing that the Lord is doing, even as you and I speak. There is no one that's going to get out of this. 
Uh, and it happens all the time that young little babies die, children yeah. die, old yep. people die, donkeys, donkeys die. Yeah. It just it all happens. Yeah. So what what why does this disturb you? Because it's what's going on for us right now. Uh, well, read the rest of the text. yeah. Death is a reality. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to verse twenty two, where it says, "But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, go into the prostitute's house, that's Rahab's house, and bring out from there the woman.'" And all who belonged to her, as you swore to her. So the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and mother and brothers and all who were belonged to her. And they brought out all her relatives and put them outside the camp of Israel. All right. So you already alluded to this. So not everybody's going to get killed. Uh, we got Rahab, who's a what? A prostitute. All right, so it wasn't that she was better than the rest ah, of the people. That's a good point. Yeah, no, so she was doing all these evil, wicked things. In fact, that was her profession, yep. doing something that is a direct violation of the commandment of thou shalt not commit adultery. What I think is super cool, though, uh, of course, we understand that she is the one that did show faith and said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll protect you spies, made sure that they could get away safe without being killed, because yes. obviously that's what you that do to a spy normally. Yep. But what I thought is really cool is what it said here in verse uh where is it at i can't find it now oh yes verse uh 22 read that again yeah but to but to the two men who had spied out the land joshua said go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her as you swore to her as you swore to her that's the reason she's going to be spared, because we told her that. We made her that promise. It wasn't that she was better than anybody else in that city. Uh, but no, we made a promise to her, and we must keep what we have swore to do. And, and to me, that was the thought that occurred to me. Everybody's going to die. We're all going to die because, as you alluded before, we're all sinners. No one's going to get spared by that. Sure. If you think you're going to get out of this because you're better than other people, nope, nope. You're, well, you may be in a worldly standard, but in the eyes of the perfect God who says we must be perfect as he is perfect, nope. Nope, we're all going to die. Don't be shocked at this. This is what happens. However, if God promises you that you will be spared, what can you be sure of? You will be spared. Right. So we rejoice in our baptism. We rejoice in the words that Jesus proclaims to us at the Lord's Supper. This is for you, for the forgiveness of sins, the body given and shed. We rejoice at programs like Wrestling with the Basics that remind you that right now, this very moment, I am speaking on behalf of the Almighty God. He has given me the authority to tell you he loves you. He forgives you. He has no desire to destroy you. In fact, he wants to devote he wants us devoted to him, but not through death, mm -hmm. but through his suffering and death. I guess it is through death. Come to through, think of it. Yeah, not our death, though. Yeah. Yeah. But to the death of, yeah. And I think that's what's kind of cool about the way in which Rahab is spared, too. It's through that word. And then there's also a visible thing there, too. They tell oh, cool. her through that word, right, to put out that, that red cord yeah. as a sign that that's where she's at, you know, that she is to be spared. And I think that I always thought it was a neat connection, that, that blood red cord and, you know, oh. pointing us, I think, back to the Passover lamb. But then pointing yes. us ahead to that greater Passover lamb, Jesus Christ himself, uh, whose death spares our life. So again, do not be troubled, dear Jerry, that God wipes out everybody. It's pretty much what he's doing. Okay, that's not a new plan. That's not, not a just different plan. Jericho. Huh? Yeah, it's having everybody. But also rejoice in the fact, as you said, he has given us his son, Jesus Christ, and who by his blood, no, his full intent is we would be spared. 
Yeah, yeah, we might die, but we will not die eternally. That's the that's what Jesus swears to us, right? That's the promise he makes us. Yes. All right, so that was number one. Here's All right. Number first, two. First number odd two. And Let me was... pull this up here. Uh let's go to let's go to Isaiah. Let's do Isaiah chapter uh sixty five. All right. Staying in the Old Testament. All Isaiah right. chapter sixty five. I guess we should play a little music. Yeah, we need some. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see here. I don't know. What do we have do we here? Have music? I don't know. I don't do we know. Have? We've got a. We've got a ringing phone. We've got a. <laughs> Ring the phone. <laughs> Ring. There we go. There we go. All right, and we'll do just like I do at home. We'll just ignore it. <laughs> Have you noticed it's like that? your old rotary phone at home? Well, huh, that's Pastor exactly it. my old rotary phone. We got the landline. Uh, nobody calls me that's worth talking to on them. That's all salesmen or politicians or whatever. So I've got it. I finally found it. Did you okay. find it? Yes. All right. Let's read verse 25 of this, this great prophecy from Isaiah. Okay. Very good. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not harm or destroy in all my holy mountains. So, so this is the conclusion of this great uh, uh, prophecy of Isaiah of God creating a new heavens and a new earth. And this is how the uh, thing kind of concludes with all the animals getting together and having a good time. <laughs> 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 it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? It, it is a beautiful picture. Uh, let me throw this out to you. And, and actually, I, I, is it figurative or is it literal? Does it literally mean that when we get to the new heaven and earth that it's going to be like Eden, that all the animals are going to be just uh, eating and grazing together without any hurt or harm? Or is this to be taken figuratively? What, what, what Do you have a feeling one way or the other, Matt? Well, we'll find out what we <laughs> when we get there. <laughs> But I, I do like that idea of the restoration of, yeah. of that perfection of creation, though. I mean, before sin is in the world, this, this is how things were, you know, in terms of animals living together and there's not death and destruction. And that's a neat picture. Uh, so, you know, in, in a figurative way, at the very least, the new heavens, the new earth. Yeah, it's going to be a restoration of, of what was meant to be before there was sin. Do, do you think there'll be animals in heaven? You know, I don't see why not. Yeah. I don't see why not. They're part of God's perfect creation. Uh, there's certainly, it talks about uh, things like, uh, you know, the tree of life and the, that sort of imagery that the temple uh, harken back to the, the decorations in the temple harken back to the Garden of Eden with pomegranates and palm trees and all those things. So if, if we're looking toward the restoration of creation, yeah, animals are part of that creation. Sure. I don't know. Are we going to have our pet our pet dog is my is my rat terrier pie. Our little dog going to be uh, in heaven? Well, I'm not so sure about that. But you know, animals in general, well, yeah, maybe so. Yeah, yeah. Well, there again, you're not only killing the men and the women and the children, he kills like pets too. <laughs> kind of God is he? Um, you know, Luther had a, a little girl last time. I think she had she had her pet pony, and she was wondering. And, and Luther's answer was, you know, if you need that to be happy, well, yeah, that pet pony will be there. If you need pie to be there, yeah, yeah, pie will be there. In fact, maybe that will be all of our pets. Wouldn't that be cool if we get there? All the pets we've had all of our lives, they'll be there. I had black cloud and tornado. We had border collies and stuff. <laughs> um, so it could be. Uh, it could be, Matt. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and so maybe there is some literalism here. But, of course, I think you saw ahead that I, I want to deal with this in a symbolic way. Yes. Okay. So here's the first thing I noted. What is the picture we always have about the lamb and not the wolf, but the what? The lion. Yeah. That Every every image you see, you got the lion and the lamb, and there's a yeah. little child there, too. Do you know that's not in the Bible? 
Really? Where, just, where does that come from? Where does the lion and the lamb lying down together come from? It makes it makes for a good piece of art, I guess. Well, it does, but but if you read, there's two references here in okay. Isaiah, and then I think Isaiah, I could look it up. But Interesting. But, but who cares? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, people will take your word for it, Joe. <laughs> it's Isaiah 11, 6. I knew it was in there. But it's never it's never the lion and the lamb. It's always the what? What's that say there? Yeah, so it's the uh, the, the wolf the and wolf, the lamb. The wolf and the lamb. Yeah. Um, so here's the thought that occurred to me. Um, the wolf is usually a symbol for the enemies of the church, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sheep and a wolf and sheep's clothing we talk about. Sure. Oh, 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 I didn't even think about that yeah. analogy. Yeah, so th- so they come as, as uh, hypocrites. Yeah, that's what not. Jesus says, yeah. Uh, uh, because I, I was also thinking of the thing where, where you got to protect the flock from the wolf nope. as well. Yeah, that too. But I like the th- the wolf and the uh, sheep's clothing. So, so anyway, that's the picture. The wolf is that that attacks, that is the enemy of the church. And so I'm thinking maybe the point here is that when we get to this new heaven and new earth, our enemies will be our friends. We'll be we'll be grazing together with him. We we won't be worried about that. Um, and I was thinking we've already seen that once, right? We had the 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 man named Saul who was a bitter enemy of the church. Sure, lived his life to to bring uh, uh, imprisonment and and uh, assist them being stoned to death. And yet in the end, he becomes one of the greatest apostles that the church has ever had. So do you think that's a possibility that maybe in the new heaven and earth, the people that used to be our enemies will now actually be with us in the pasture grazing? Yeah. Well, definitely. I think, I think that the restoration begins already now. And I think, I think Saul's a great example um, but yeah, everything that Jesus did, you know, the restoring of sight and, and making the, the deaf to hear, that restoration of creation happening even now when the reign of God breaks into this world. And and even our listeners, the, the, when we hear the word, lives changed and, and, oh, yeah. and faith given. And that's a beautiful thing. But then finally, then, yeah, at the very end, when Christ returns, boy, that full restoration uh, like the the wolf and the lamb. Well, and I also was thinking that when we pray for our enemies in the church, the next time that, that your pastor prays for, for your enemies, listen carefully because we never pray, God, crush them, God, destroy them, like you did in Jericho. But we always pray, God, convert them. God, bring them to faith. God, change their hearts. All right, so that was one thought. Now here's the second thing. Read the next half of that verse about the lion. Okay, uh, the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. And I got to thinking, who, who is symbolized? Who does uh, now the lion can actually symbolize Jesus, right? Yeah, we got that yeah. In Revelation. Yes, this lion. But who lion else pretends that he's a Ooh, lion? Oh, yeah, just the opposite. Satan, yeah. right, prowling around like that roaring lion. And so my thought was, maybe this is the point. Not that we're going to lie down with Satan. No, no. you don't want to lie down no, with that's... Satan. But in the new heaven and earth, you won't worry about Satan because he's not going to be devouring you. He's just going to be eating straw like harmless, an ox. Harmless. Harmless. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a neat thought. And then it coordinates with the next passage, which talks about the dust that will be the serpent's food, which I think that is clearly a reference back to Genesis and the curse that was put upon the devil, right? From here on out, you'll crawl on your belly. Uh, dust will be your food. And so it's kind of like God is saying, you know, in the new heaven and the new earth, you remember the curse of sin and death? And the curse of the law that comes, because that's what puts us all in there, the law that condemns us, that's all going to be gone. All those curses will be finished. You don't have to worry about being treated like they were in Jericho anymore, because those curses of the law, sin and death are gone. But the curse of the devil, nope, nope, that curse will still apply. You don't need to worry about him. He's going to be harmless. He's still going to be eating dust. Uh, that's the one thing that won't be changed if we restore 
the new creation. Mm-hmm. If we go back to the original Eden, the one thing that won't be the same is there will no longer be any devil. In fact, how does that verse conclude? I love the conclusion of this verse. Yeah. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So no more praying, lead us not into temptation. No more need to pray, deliver us from evil, because when we get to the new heaven and the new earth, there will be no trouble with the devil. Uh, so anyway, that was my interpretation of that closing verse. It is a beautiful picture, and it, it's one that I don't even think we can fathom this side of heaven. I mean, it's too wonderful for us to even imagine what that restored creation is going to be like. No more sin, no more death, no more temptation. We don't know what that's like. Now that you mentioned that, um, let's do one more thing from Isaiah 20, uh, 65, rather, next week. Because there's another verse that actually relates to the fact that you just can't really comprehend it now. All right. Another reason of tune in next week to listen to Wrestling with the Basics.